With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Nailing the Apex. I'm Tim Haraney. What a weekend at the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Started off as a complete disaster. I mean... Many wanted this race to fail. Some were skeptical. Some were optimistic. And the more I got to know the folks behind the scenes who brought this event to life and the challenges they all had faced, sort of changed my view on this event. But I showed up two weeks ago skeptical. I wasn't sure this thing was even going to get off the ground. And the more I... I got toured around in the week lead up. The more I saw things really come to life and said to some folks that, you know, if they were able to pull this thing off, then wow, it would be a spectacle. And then Thursday practice session happened, uh, drain covers being pulled up by race cars, practice one canceled after just nine minutes of of uh, on-track running, then free practice two being moved back hours, being moved back a few hours um, until the uh, very early morning, fans being asked to leave. And that was due to, you know, security, uh, caterers, bus drivers, you know, all who were working the event and those who were in charge of making sure those workers could also get home because some were being, you know, bust into the event and everyone was reaching their maximum hours. So I think all that not being properly communicated very well by anyone at the same time, you know, led to a ton of issues. You know, Thursday practice was, it was not good. It did not, this thing did not get off to a good start uh, whatsoever. Um, seeing the grandstands emptied, you know, felt like a, a COVID race, you know, empty grandstands, you know, not, and then not being able to get back to the hotel till around, oh, 5.30 a.m. for me. And then there are other, other journalists who were still, who were still there working, you know, well into the night or early mornings, uh, staying there even later than, than, than what I stayed. That's for sure. Um. And then F1, you know, not issuing an apology to those fans who had to leave, which you know, that really fired people up, and I understand why. But then later finding out that, you know, there were legal ramifications as to why there couldn't be an apology. And then later before 
practice three, finding out, and you know, this was first reported by motorsport.com that a Nevada law firm had launched legal action against the F1 Las Vegas Grand Prix and its contractor to, to refunds uh, for spectators then getting a notice that, you know, F1 was offering a voucher for $200 off the F1 store for those who had come out uh, for, for practice. Um, yeah. You know what? I felt that wasn't enough. I think there needs to be a, a credit uh, of some kind, or maybe even a refund, but speaking with, you know, total wolf following the race on Saturday and, him telling us that, you know, he hopes that F1 can find a good package for those fans who weren't allowed to watch free practice too. So for next year, they can come back and enjoy the racing and uh, can pay them back for the unfortunate situation, which makes me believe that, you know, something, you know, more can and, and most likely could get done. Uh, so I'm a little uh, optimistic on on that end of something getting done for for those fans, but let's see what happens. Let's see how the this thing uh, shakes out in the long run. But safe to say, like I had mentioned off the top, it got off to a bumpy start. But then qualifying day, you know, getting ready to go to the track, I was like, you know, this thing is this thing is kind of turning into a bit of a mess. But then I went down to the casino to leave the hotel. And, you know, I, I saw just a load of F1 fans, you know, wearing their team gear, partying, having a good time. And I walked out to crowded streets of fans piling into the track. And you know, I started to feel, you know, a bit, a bit more hopeful for the event and that these fans, you know, they were going to be treated to, you know, something, something special this weekend. I was greeted by by fans who listen to this podcast. And thank you very much for, for watching and, and listening. Really appreciate it. Um, or I've seen some of my work on TV, or they were fans of my racing career when I you know coming up and you know, these fans just coming to me and stopping me and thanking me for you know what from what I have been doing. And I gotta say, no, 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 my thanks goes to you. You know, it really does for being such awesome fans and supporting what I do. Uh, you know, you, you guys really turned around, really turned around my day. It was, it was awesome. That was, that was much needed on, on that day. So, you know, I decided to go trackside that, uh, for that free practice three sessions. So trackside, they, um, they give you a bib and essentially you put it on, you, you tie it up, and you jump in a van. So I jumped in this uh, van with uh, a bunch of other uh, journalists. And we went to the end of the Las Vegas uh, Strip. And jumped out. And there you kind of go through this crack in the fence. And you're literally track side. You're the closest that anyone can get to F1 cars at speed. And then I started to get really juiced up. The lights, the sparks from the cars as they were flying by at 350 kph, the skill that was involved. And I was just overcome, like seeing, you know, 
all of these drivers hauling ass right by me. Then I was back. It was awesome. <laughs> just seeing a Formula One car come to life. Uh, it's so cool. So that was awesome. Trackside was a ton of fun. Um, we, uh, I, I, we basically went up to across from the Bellagio where the fountains were. Uh, and it's in around where they start their breaking um, coming off of the strip. And, you know, you kind of get an understanding of like who's breaking where, you know, who's breaking latest, who's on what tire and how far can they push the tire. And so, you know, that was that was cool. It was cool for me to watch that because then I could, I was starting to gauge, okay, this is, you know, da, 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 and they're okay. And, you know, Lewis Hamilton's breaking here. And uh, where's Max Verstappen's breaking here. I'm like, okay, well, he's better at the, he's on the brakes better here and here and here. And it was just, it was a great experience. Um, watching them carve their way through this, through this uh, city track that they've made and the lights. And it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. So spent free practice three out there um, going through everything and seeing all the fans in the stands too. It was great. I mean, everybody was having a good time and people were waving at you when you were walking by because they could, they could look down and see that you're kind of, you got this bib on, you're walking in between the, the concrete barriers and stuff. And, and so that was really cool. Took a lot of pictures. Um, yeah. You can see those on my Instagram, uh, but it was, uh, it, it was a, it was, it was a real, it was a real uh, uh, uplifting uh, moment for myself. And jumping back in the van, go back to the media center to get ready for uh, for, for qualifying. Um, and, you know, the hype, you know, just the, the buildup for qualifying was, was it, you know, it, it was, it was really good. We, so I, Basically, the media center, the media center was a, was pretty far from the track. Actually, it was a little too far. Usually, with the media center, we're kind of located within paddock, so it uh, or pit building, I should say. Excuse me. Uh, it's a, so it's a little easier for us to get from uh, media center down into uh, the garages and all that kind of stuff. Interview people, so it makes things easier to transition from one place to to the next. This media center, though, it was it was pretty far away. It was a little too far away. It was it was off track almost, and you know it took a while to get over there. And you know, so I ended up hoofing it over um, to check out uh, pit lane and to see what everybody was doing, see the cars. You know, and Alex Albon had he had uh, he had crashed in free practice three, so I went down to check out, see how his car was doing, see if the team was putting it together. Were they able to get him out for qualifying? They said that they were. So, you know, that was, that was kind of fun to do, to get in there, do your reporting thing. Uh, and then just kind of toured around up and down, up and down pit lane, seeing everybody having a good time, taking pictures, uh, you know, seeing some of the celebrities walking by and we get to qualifying and it turned out to be really exciting. I mean, Charlotte Claire grabbing uh, pole position, just a hell of a lap from him. I mean, the Ferraris, this weekend, especially Leclerc, really trimmed out this weekend. I think Leclerc had a little more confidence than uh, Carlos Sainz did in terms of the setup with the car. I mean, you have to remember they're really big braking events here. And uh, and you got to be confident on the brakes. This is a really fast track, really fast street circuit. 
Um, and so making sure that you're confident with the brakes and how far you can push the brakes is really important. I know it may, may sound simple and easy, but I mean, when you're approaching a braking zone at 350 kilometers an hour, man, like you gotta, you gotta be confident. You gotta be able to know that you can, um, push those, push those braking zones. So qualifying went off really well it was really well done it was exciting uh there was lots of drama involved and to see you know leclerc just hang on to get pulled there were parts where he didn't even think he was going to get it and the emotions that he had to deal with on his on his cool down uh lap after his final push lap because he wasn't happy at all with that so if you go back and watch his onboard camera you can hear just how upset he was by the whole thing and then you know sitting down chatting with him afterwards and him kind of taking you through all those emotions kind of made, you know, you remember why, you know, you're just like, is so invested in the sport and why you love it so much. And so, you know, that was, um, that day really, you know, turned things around, uh, for myself. And I, I, uh, I came away having like, it was just a ton of fun. It was great. It was really great. And so came back to the hotel, you know, again, I think, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but the timing of these things, you know, I think for the, 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 the qualifying, the practice, the race, that needs to be adjusted. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, uh, you know, getting back to the hotel, probably around 4 a.m. and, you know, a pretty long sort of day of working because you're, you know, you're up, you know, you're getting in, in the early morning, you're only getting a couple hours and you're having to get up and you got to, check on the news and then you've got to get ready, go back to the track prep, all that kind of stuff. So it was, it, it was a, a lot at some moments. And so getting back to the hotel, make sure got a good sleep in, uh, just so I could feel, um, refreshed for the race later that day, because you have to remember it was on the exact same day. So when they were done qualifying, the race was on that day. It started at 10 PM on Saturday night, local time we were getting in at, you know, 4am Saturday. So, you know, get a couple hours sleep, but make sure you got as much as you could. So you could feel recharged and ready to go for race day. Uh, got to the track. So for race day, I'm, I planned it so I could get there early enough, do uh, some sports center stuff, do some TSN stuff, do a bit of F1, tiny bit of stuff there and, and go around and chat to everybody and see how everybody's doing. How are they holding up? And you know what? A lot of really tired, uh, workers, a lot of tired team personnel, uh, really exhausted just because of, of the hours and everybody working behind the scenes, working so hard to get the event up off the ground. Um, and so kind of felt like in you're all in it sort of together really at the end of the day. Um, but just chatting with everybody, catching up, all that kind of stuff, getting ready for the, for the buildup. And so, so I did all my, my things. And then I had, I had like two hours to spare before, before lights out. And I thought, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? And then I was like, okay, well, there is this red carpet event that was set up for, um, celebrities, athletes, uh, coming through into uh pit building. And so they would come through the security 
and then they would get directed straight towards the red carpet thing. So I didn't really know what was going on. And so I kind of really just stumbled into this. And here I am. I'm at the very beginning of the red carpet. And first person that I see is literally standing right beside me. It's Rob McElhenney and his wife. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, you kind of want to like say what's up but then you're like i you know don't don't bug the celebrities let them do their thing and so yeah you know you sit there and you take pictures and whatever and so they it was kind of neat to see the celebrities come through uh got to see chad johnson and ochocinco that was pretty sick uh zlatan was cool that was a highlight uh for for me uh who else yeah rob McElhenney mentioned mentioned that anthony mackie that guy's really cool terry cruz that was sick i had a lot of fun seeing him um who else did i run into uh paris hilton she came through and cara delavine now i didn't really know who that was but uh some of the other journalists um filled me in on like who she was and everything and so yeah you're taking pictures of everybody and stuff and in lo and behold you know Two hours just had flown by. It was it was over. And I was like, okay, well, I got to get back to media center because the race is about to start. So get back to get back to media center. It takes a while again, like I explained, to sort of get back there. Um and you know, getting getting ready for getting ready for the race, who's gonna do what? And then I'd noticed that there was some quick dry on the track and I was like, okay, well what, what happened there? So apparently on the uh, driver parade, one of the old cars apparently broke down. I didn't actually see it because I was uh, too busy uh, <laughs> rubbing shoulders with celebrities trying to be a big shot. Uh, so it, apparently one of the cars broke down and laid a strip of oil. Uh, so they had to throw what's called quick dry on it to sort of dry up the oil as fast as possible. Now, this threw a wrench into some of the driver's plans off the start. So I was wondering, like, where the heck did that come from? Because that's going to cause some issues. And sure enough, you know, right off uh, right off the jump, it did. There was a lot of cars that had gone through it. And you could see that there was um, on the replay that they had showed a lot of the onboard cameras. When they kind of went around it, you could see the white sheen stick onto the tire and that affected some drivers and in particular carlos Sainz. he was not happy at the end of this race um about them using old cars on uh on the driver parades and you know he spun and just poor carlos Sainz. what a horrible weekend that guy had but he had a good recovery in this race um still leads charlotte claire in the driver standings but and Ferrari obviously catching uh, Mercedes for for P two in constructors. They're only four points back now, so you know both drivers obviously doing a good job to uh, to, to score some solid points over these last few races. But um, you know Charles Leclerc obviously just not getting a good getaway, and Verstappen really just coming in hot. So what had happened there? And Max had explained this in post race press conference, but Verstappen had said that you know. He was coming in so hot, like he basically was trying not to hit Charles, but it got really close where the two of them went off. And Max was literally uh, sitting in front of us explaining to Charles what had gone down or what had happened. And 
you know, Leclerc was, was taking it in and he seemed like, yeah, okay, you know what? He got it. He understood. And, and he, he had basically said that within our post-race uh, press conference. But the question still remains. Should have Max given the place back? Well, the FIA, they gave him five-second time penalty. Now, is that enough? <clears throat> well, you know, talking to the drivers, Max and Leclerc, both of them agreed that it was enough because from their eyes, it would have worked out to be the same if, you know, Max took off the road or he took, took off down the road. And then, you know, the FIA told him, hey, you got to give that place back. So essentially you're giving, he's giving up that five seconds regardless. It didn't really matter. It was either going to be five second time penalty or he's going to give it up and they both work out to be the same. And I, they both agreed that it, it was enough. And I think for the stewarding this this weekend, and in particular this race, it really felt like things happened very, uh, for the most part, very quickly, uh, and was pretty fair. Um, the thing with George Russell and Verstappen when Verstappen was working his way through the field, uh, that George George took responsibility for that. He was he was saying that was basically his fault, and uh, he turned in on him, but he didn't see him. He didn't see Max. Um, he didn't see Max coming in hot. But once you kind of get that car past the, you know, the rear the rear axle, uh, technically that that is that is basically a, a pass and or an attempt at a pass. So, yeah, tough one for George. Uh, he had a, he had a rough race. What rough race? Uh, same with Lewis Hamilton, obviously rough, rough race as well. But both of them. They they could have been in a good podium positions. Uh, they had pretty quick cars for the race, and I think you know they 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 lost one here this weekend, and they lost a lot of points to Ferrari. And this battle for second in the constructors it may not sound sexy, but there's a lot of money on the line, guys. There's a ton of money on the line. These these constructors want that money, obviously, but. You can bet heading into Abu Dhabi, it's going to be a pretty good little scrap between Ferrari and Mercedes for that second place in the constructors' standings. Um, but getting back to to Max, I mean, really impressive drive from him. It was really good. I mean, uh, I think you know Ferrari had the better car. Leclerc was very impressive all weekend. And I think I think that this was one of Max's best races of the season, in my opinion. Uh, he drove really well. I honestly didn't think he was going to win. I really didn't, especially especially, especially on the on the opening stint when he really really screwed the tires like the the tires he started on were toast. Um, just a few laps into the race, he had he had really done them in, and and I think when I was watching, he made his stop, his first stop, and I was like, yeah, he's got to carve through the field. Um, he's gonna have to get by a lot of traffic, and he's uh, probably gonna the tires are gonna dig quite a bit because he's got to get get through the traffic. And a lot of the other teams are really started to catch up the Red Bull. So when you get in the race now, it's 
not max dominating by 30 seconds anymore, right? It's things are closer now. And so for him, uh, just managing the tire, picking his spots, uh, obviously for the pass on George, he's being extremely aggressive. And I think, I think you have to be, and that's his driving style. And that's what he does. You know, coming home and taking that, that was coming home and taking that win. That's, I think that's just such a, that was a big win from him. It just was, especially when he started the weekend saying, you know, like this was 99. What was it? Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but he said something in the, in the ballpark of like 99% um, show and 1% sport, something along those lines. That's what he felt this weekend was. And he was very, very critical of this entire, this entire thing, this whole race weekend didn't feel that, you know, he should be coming to Vegas as a place that, for him, he would come to party with his buddies and um, he wants proper racetracks and he wants people to understand the emotion of racing. And I get that. He said all that like following qualifying. And you know what? I I get what, what Max is saying there. And he spoke very well on, on uh, after qualifying. Uh, he did. Um, but when you're jumping on the radio and singing Viva Las Vegas, <laughs> I mean... You could just tell that he had a lot of fun out there. He, he really did. He was critical about the race weekend. He won one of the best races of the year. And you could hear it. He, you could hear it in his voice. He really enjoyed it. He enjoyed the racing. He enjoyed the battle. Uh, I think he enjoyed the spectacle of it all at the end of the day as well. And it'll be interesting to know if like, even Formula One came and said something to him after after he was uh, critical of the event, like it'd be interesting to, to, to know. I, I, I would love to know. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, Yeah, and then Charles Leclerc, you know, he uh, he was really great at managing the hard tire, uh, at the end of at the end of this race, uh, his pass on Sergio on the last lap coming off the the straight, you know, that's a bit of an iconic pass. That's that's a big time pass, guys. It is. I mean, there's probably about seven G's worth of of force going through. But he sent it. He sent that pass. Honestly, it's one that was a great pass. One of the best passes of the weekend. There were some good passes out there. I mean, Hamilton had a couple good ones. There were some written. Lance had a couple good ones, too. If you go back and see some of his onboard stuff, um, they didn't really show him on the broadcast. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but that being said, I asked Charles about that pass on, on Sergio. I asked him about that. And, you know, he told me he was, he was pretty confident that it would work. But remember, like, he was on the older tire. Like, his tire was. His tires were a bit older, right? And 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 for Sergio, like Sergio's tires really started to drop off towards the end there. 
a lot of it because of the clipping that he was so he was mentioning that he was suffering some some clipping and some some quite a bit of dag as well with the tire um but regardless i asked leclerc about the pass and he told me he was pretty confident it was going to work said that it was the only place uh to really really send one but he started going to detail when he was talking to me about it so he told me you know Four laps earlier, Sergio had made a pretty big mistake and in the braking areas. He was making a few mistakes. And Leclerc had noticed that. He had noticed that he was making these mistakes. And he was seeing where he was he was weaker. And um, he was a bit cautious at first. And then he noticed that Sergio was starting to be really cautious with his braking. And so for, for Leclerc, he thought that pass, he thought that laps before. So once he saw some weakness, he allowed that to play out a bit to see if it continued. And then he saw a bit of the confidence deteriorate. And then he himself knew what he had left in the car. And then he knew what he was going to have left for the tire and how it could hold and cope under that heavy braking on a last lap sort of lunge for second place and he just sent it it was a great pass remarkable um really good driving by by both um sergio yes great driving from him as well he had a very nice weekend he's really gotten confident with the car lately uh i think for sergio and a lot of this starts probably around the Spanish Grand Prix. And he kind of went into detail about this. But anyway, he consolidates P2 in the Drivers' Championship. So Lewis isn't going to catch him. So Sergio wraps that up, finishing third. So first time ever Red Bull is going to finish 1-2 in the driver standings in Formula 1 history. And Sergio Perez sits down and he tells us, you know, look, paraphrasing, obviously, you know, after Spain, it was a little tough. He lost a little bit of confidence with the car, and then that started to deteriorate, that confidence. And one thing compounded onto another, and it kind of turned into a bit of a snowball uh, for him. That's something we've talked about on this podcast before in the past, about what's going on. Dug in, did some really, really big-time work in the sim. Kind of seems like that helped him coming into the U.S. Grand Prix, and he's really been able to turn things around. He's still starting to claw back some performance to max. It really seems like he's found something here. Um, and I think for, I think for Sergio, if he can take this into, into next year, that's good for him. Uh, it's good for him keeping that seat for sure. And it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good for him to keep that seat for next season as, as well. He won't run into so many, uh, rumors and things being thrown around about him. I, I, I appreciate how honest you know, Sergio was about everything uh, following the race and his season um, and how hard he's had to work to kind of get that confidence back and to get back to where he was. Uh, I think for him, he still has some things to figure out with the car that suit him and trying to figure out what and how he can, you know, make that work uh, in terms of the engineering side. Uh, and so that's going to require quite a bit of work and, and quite a bit in the, uh, in the off season as well. Esteban Ocon finishing P4. That was a hell of a drive. 
from Ocon. Really great job. I didn't think he was going to, I honestly didn't think he was going to hold on to, to P4. I thought that eventually that tire was going to drop off a cliff, but apparently um, the, the tires haven't really been dropping off cliffs. And what I mean by that is like when essentially the maximum amount of grip is used on a tire, it kind of just dies and just falls apart. And instead of losing a few tenths, you you lose seconds fast and it's like falling off a cliff. And so for Ocon, um, <clears throat> I think that helped. But again, I think also just really good driving from him. He was, he was quite solid. That, that was unexpected. I didn't expect Esteban to be uh, that strong here this weekend. I really didn't think Alpine was going to be that strong here this weekend, but you know, lo and behold, um, you know, they were, and you know, big drive, big drive from him, big drive from Lance Stroll too. Um, it was a, it seemed like a tough start to the weekend for Lance. I mean, obviously he got the, he'd gotten the grid penalty. Um, and I think, I think maybe the engine, maybe on the last legs, maybe, I don't know. Um, and it is good for Lance. Like he really bounced back from a, a sort of challenging start and, you know, I haven't really seen that from him this season where things got really tough. Because, like, usually with Lance, like, and when free practice one sort of kicks off and he's in a good place, he usually builds on that and just gets even faster. But sometimes if a, a wrench gets thrown into the plan, like he can't do an FP1, which has happened this year, which is not his fault, uh, more mechanical issue. Then it, sometimes it's like kind of snowballed on him where it's just like gets worse. And for, for him, he really grabbed this weekend by the scruff of the neck and he really turned it around. Started on that soft tire, starting P19, gains 10 spots on the opening lap. And you're all going to say there, sit there and say, Oh, well, cars went off. Yeah, only a few cars went off. Go back and watch the video. Great start. Had some dynamite passes. Got lucky with the safety car. Team does a great job of pitting him on lap four under that safety car because of Lando Norris's crash. But they knew they had to get him off the soft tire as soon as possible. And lo and behold, that just worked out. But he did a remarkable job of taking care of the tire from then on out because that was all him. That was all him from then on out. I I wish the broadcast would have shown him a little bit more or maybe talked about you know what he had done uh, on Saturday's race. Uh, I, I know Martin Brundle did, um, you know, talk about it a tiny bit, but I just wish they could have went into a little more detail. Uh, he did have a really good race. Um, if you get a chance, you know, try and find his onboard, uh, really great stuff. Um, yeah, he was running as high as P2. Uh, really great stuff from him. Um, got himself some steak frites afterwards. Uh, 
Yeah, he's has family here at the track. Uh, yeah, really good to see all them together. You know, he's he's a big family guy, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. I was happy for him. He drove really well. He drove a hell of a he drove a hell of a race on uh on Saturday. Him and him and Esteban Ocon, and same with Charles Leclerc. You know, those are the ones that really stand out to me. Sergio Perez also stands out. Max does as well. This race was awesome. It was really good. Now that I sit here and start just babbling on, but it was it was an excellent race. I I would say it's probably the it was the best race of the season. I love Singapore, really did, but really like this. Um really enjoyed this race. Quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. Um as for George, I mean, obviously, George had passed uh, Lance, but he did get dinged with that five-second time penalty because of that contact with Max. Uh, you know, he did explain he didn't see Verstappen in his blind spot. Um, I think it. I think it was a comfortable podium for him that was that was thrown away for sure. Um, and like I had mentioned, you know, that gap between Mercedes and Ferrari now down to four points, uh, heading to Abu Dhabi. Really interested in that. You know, Lewis Hamilton had a really tough... It was a tough race for Lewis. It was. He did have pace, though. I mean, obviously, he had the contact there and um, I think maybe affected the car a little bit on him, but he still had pace. He was still quick. Uh, at the end of it, you know, I think for Lewis, he was grateful, uh, you know, get a couple points, but thought that he had the pace to podium. As well, there was a couple other things he'd mentioned. Uh, you know, one of the things that stood out, you know, he's he 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 was a big he's a big supporter of this race. You know, he loved he loved the race. He said, you know, that um, you know, we should have given you know the race a chance before being so so negative about it and just give it a chance. He's right, he's right. Should have given it a chance for sure. I kind of pushed back a bit at Verstappen's comments. Um. Because uh, what I had said earlier with Max's comments about 99% show and 1% sport, um, you know, Lewis has been very supportive of this event in this race. He said, quote, for all those who were so negative about the weekend saying it was all about the show, I think Vegas proved them wrong. And I think that's a direct shot across the bow of Max Verstappen. That's what I think that is. And uh, I, I, I tend to, I tend to agree with him. Like I, after I sit here and I'm literally guys just, I haven't got any notes. I'm literally just sort of downloading this all into this microphone right now because I've got a bit of time. I got a little cold. I'm sorry about that. Um, I've been fighting through it all weekend long and I'm just trying to do everything I can to keep my voice here. And, uh, but literally just, I'm kind of journaling this for you, but like, it's, I, as I sit here and break it down, you know, the weekend started off very rough. Like I'd said, I was skeptical, but at the end of it, like, it kind of feels like this is like, I don't want to say the gold standard, but definitely has set a new level uh, for sporting entertainment and business. Um. I mean, obviously the Thursday or the practice thing needs to get sorted out. There's a lot of issues uh, here with the track um, that they're going to need to get dealt with. There is a schedule, the schedule that needs to get sorted for sure. The, uh, 
the times of everything were extremely tough. They were tough on everyone. Uh, and they also take into consideration that the teams and the, the individuals who are having to leave here um, by doing this, you know, working till four in the morning. And then now they got to fly to, you know, to Abu Dhabi um, to do a night race over there. And so that's, it's really, that's a, that is a huge challenge. Huge. So I think if they can find a way of maybe uh, tweaking the schedule a bit, I don't think it really favored that many people. I think we talked about this on the show. Like if we look at who does this actually favor in terms of the time zone, it doesn't really favor that many places. It doesn't. I mean, uh, you know, you, you're, you want to grow this in the, in the States. Uh, cool. Uh, but let's have it on a time zone where people in the Eastern standard time zone can watch it. And also, you know, even here in Pacific time, I mean, well, the race didn't end until after 1130. It's kind of like, well, I mean, some people are in bed. Some people are sleeping. They got stuff to do on Sunday. So I, I think if they can find a way of maybe moving the time back, that would help uh, for sure. And um, maybe a few issues with the track itself. I uh, felt, you know, it was... I felt felt that they'd done a in a very difficult circumstances with the uh, with the drain covers. They'd fixed those quite quickly. Like those were actually filled. Those were actually fixed faster than I thought. I honestly didn't think they were going to get fixed fixed uh, until the next day. To be honest with you, there was quite a few of them. I think there were almost thirty of them that needed to be uh, that needed to be fixed. But I. Um, I enjoyed it. Really liked it. <laughs> uh, the fireworks show at the end was wild. I mean, I haven't heard about it, but, or sorry, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. <laughs> I guess I should figure out how to talk. Um, but the, uh, I guess the driver's sort of cool down was in the back of a Rolls Royce or something or a Bentley or something. And they got taken to um, the Bellagio Fountain Club. And uh, I got a tour of that Bellagio Fountain Club. It's outrageous. It's really good. It's pretty cool, man. The hospitality they got over there. Wow, it is awesome. It's next level. Excuse me, sorry. Um, I I didn't get to see it, but I got to go back and watch it. Uh, but apparently, it's supposed to be pretty funny. So I have to go. I have to go check that out. But that's interesting. I didn't. I thought they were going to put them in the back of a truck. That's what I was told. They're going to be put in the back of a truck, and they were going to be taken over to the. Uh, the Bellagio Fountain, they got put in the back of like this luxury car with a locked off camera shot of all three of them sitting in the back. It looked like they were going to the club. That's <laughs> oh, pretty funny. Um, so I have to go back and, and see that. Uh, then the fireworks show that went off. <laughs> I saw pictures of it and I had a friend uh, video record it and send it to me. And it was like five minutes long and we were interviewing drivers and we couldn't even hear what the drivers were. Some of the drivers were saying because the fireworks were so loud, so loud. Um, but I have to go back and watch that. The video my buddy sent me is pretty cool uh, to see that display. And as I was like, just sitting here talking, you know, this feels like it should be the last race of the season. 
you know, that's what this feels like. This feels like this should probably be something considered as the last race of the season in the future. I know all the next year's calendar is already kind of built, but um, I, I just, it just felt like that. It, it felt like, cause it was so much um, uh, pomp and circumstance and there was so much celebrity and uh, there was so much t- uh, entertainment happening all around the city uh, if it just uh, did feel like this should be last race of the season type stuff, the track, you know, obviously that, you know, the track wasn't extremely challenging, but it was fast as hell. Like it was, these guys were flying out there, like flying. You could hear a bit of them like bumping off the, off the rev limiter heading down the straight, like uh, the, the, the Las Vegas strip, like, like fast, like this was fast. Um, I, I don't know what else, you know, with every race, there's always problems, you know, there's always teething problems for sure. Uh, and eventually, you know, those things are going to get worked out. I think for the surrounding area and the community, I have a feeling this will get taken up or excuse me, put, put up and taken down faster each year it gets done. Um, and I just think it's, you know, Las Vegas, they, they want to be a sporting city as well. And I think they, they want formula one, a part of that to help drive that. Uh, I mean, obviously I have the hockey team here. They have a baseball team coming. They're getting the super bowl. They have a WNBA team. They have the NFL team now. Um, so really you know, trending in that direction, possible NBA team in the future. Probably. I, I think that the NBA will definitely be coming here soon. Um, I mean, total wolf, like really liked it. Like he spoke very highly of it. Um, said that the drain cover was nothing said it was a spectacular race. Uh, did you know, you might not know this. So, um, Mick Schumacher was, was here, uh, this weekend. So I got a tour. Mercedes brought me over to this new uh, state-of-the-art uh, hospitality and luxury building that they had erected here on on site, and uh, they gave me a tour of it. It is remarkable, very, very extravagant. Uh, there's different levels to it. You can go online and, and, and research it, um, but it, it's it was really really nice. Lewis Hamilton takes you for like this uh, VR assisted uh, garage tour uh, that was put together by, I believe it was Snapdragon, uh, one of the team's sponsors. And he kind of takes you through the garage and you sit there and you go through it and you put the headset on. Really cool. They have a simulator that's there. Mick Schumacher set, set some time on that. And um, lo and behold, Mick Schumacher ends up, he ends up getting the flu. I mean, and I'm not the only one that got who got sick. There's a bunch of us who got who got sick, uh, and none of us went out either. We've been all been working, and um, Mick got the flu, and he was supposed to do uh, uh, hot laps. Like he was supposed to take um, VIPs and fans for a lap around the track, and he ended up getting sick, so he couldn't do it. So, lo and behold, Toto steps in. Total Wolf does it. So you're, if you're like a VIP or a fan, 
and you know you're getting a uh, like a hot lap on the track, and you you know, you jump in, and it's Total Wolf is going to take you for a hot lap. Now remember, like Total used to race, right? Like, um, yeah, he used to be a race car driver. So uh, Toto's doing the laps, hot laps with guests, and he's just he was just explaining to us about like doing 178 miles an hour, and you know, in an AMG GT road car, you know, bombing down the Vegas strip at 285 kilometers an hour. He said it was a great track. Of course, he's going to say it's a great track. He had a thrill ride himself. It's awesome. Um, yeah, cool to catch up with Toto. Uh, what were the other things I want to talk about? Um, safety car. Lando Norris crash. Yes, that was a big one. A uh, bit of a tank slapper there. Cold, kind of cold tires, really. Fast corner um, into the wall. Uh, he had uh, taken to the uh, medical center here that was in field. And then from there, he went to local hospital where they checked him out and cleared him. Uh, there was a big crash. Happy to see that uh, Lando's doing okay. Tough weekend for McLaren. Uh, Piastri was doing well up into the points there, really high. Obviously, he had to pit. But again, tough weekend for McLaren. Um, what else? Anything else that I ever, what do I have written down? Let me just check my notes. I mean, you guys are probably all tuned out by now, but uh, the track itself uh, wasn't one of Oscar Piastri's favorite track when I was talking to him about it, you know, but he said the race itself, like the race on it, like he said, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was really good to race on. He said, so you know, cars aren't really made for this type of track. They're not maximizing the potential of an F1 car, but at the end of the day, the racing was, was pretty good. Um, that's, that's pretty much everything from my, just from straight, you know, just from, just from my brain, just spewing it out into this microphone. Um, yeah, all in all, like I'd said, it was a good event. They did, a, they did a really great job, did a good job to bounce back. Um, I'm surprised that this, you know, uh, the a race of this size was put together in just under a year. Uh, just kind of shows how much work was involved in getting this thing, um, getting to grips with this and getting it out there. Uh, and yeah, my only thing was change the scheduling and then also consider it for um end of season uh type of a race for sure uh gonna be back later this week have an interview that i did with alfa romeo team representative uh alessandro luni bravi uh that was a great interview i did with him you guys are really gonna, gonna enjoy it we talked a lot about um himself being a lawyer getting involved in racing. But then also, you know, one of the things we talked about were driver contracts because he was involved in a lot of driver contracts. And so for those of you who are always wondering about driver contracts or those of you who uh, DM me about driver contracts, we talked a lot about that. And uh, he he can he gets really deep into it and it kind of explains just how many levels and layers there are to the driver's contracts. It's quite an uh, interesting conversation. So that's going to come out um, either later this week or the week after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but I'll keep you guys posted on, uh, on my socials on when uh, that's going to happen. Thanks so much everyone for uh, watching and listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you want more kneeling the apex, you can watch us on 
YouTube. If you want to listen, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, write a review. Let us know how we're doing. Really appreciate that. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on social media at Tim Rainey. Thanks again, everyone, for watching and listening. And we'll talk to you all later this week. <laughs>